0: Hey everybody, welcome to Adventures with Aggie. Today we have with us Tony Rocha. Tony, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on the show.
0: I'm excited. Thank you for taking the time. I know your schedule is super crazy and very hectic right now, but we're happy you're here. Um, I wanted to start out and just ask you why soccer? How did that become your sport?
1: Um, so from an early age, I played soccer when I was like five or six. I have two brothers and both of them played soccer as well. So I think it was just a family thing um, from the beginning. And so uh, since I was playing from the beginning, I just continued and sticked with it.
0: That's awesome. It's always fun playing with the family. I'm sure it was super competitive.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Being uh, in a household with just boys, like we're super competitive (laughs) about everything. So soccer was definitely up there.
0: (laughs) I bet. Lots of broken lamps. that were in my house for sure. (laughs) Awesome. So was there a time like when you realized you wanted to be a professional soccer player or did it just kind of happen naturally?
1: I think it was um, maybe a little after high school, going into college, just getting recruited um, by a couple of schools and realizing that maybe I could play after college. I think at that point it was uh, maybe I want to make this a career and, and go on and play pro and play in Europe. And at that point, I was watching a lot of soccer and kind of obsessed with the sport, kind of like kids are nowadays.
0: Did you have a mentor or a coach that helped you as you were making those like, steps and developing in your soccer career?
1: Yeah, I think um, my mentor would probably probably be my club coach. I was with him since I was maybe like 9 or 10. Um, and him, Alfredo Martinez, and then another guy, Scotty James, that were my two coaches kind of throughout my entire career with them from when I was 11 till I left for college. And, and both of them kind of helped me develop into the player that, that I was going into college. So, yeah, I would say those two were my mentors for sure.
0: Cool. I love it. It's always interesting to hear who people look up to and who helped everybody along the way, because so many people have the mentors and support system and things. So I always like to ask, what about let's talk about your time at Tulsa. How was that experience being a collegiate level athlete?
1: It was definitely a, a time yeah. to change for like the speed of play going from high school to college. Sure. Um, but but whenever you pass that after the like preseason, then from there, it's just kind of being confident and playing. Um, I definitely enjoyed my time at Tulsa. It was a different experience because I grew up playing midfield my entire life, okay. and then going to college, I played left back and center back from sophomore senior season. So my freshman year, I played midfield, and then we had a couple of injuries going into my sophomore season. So the coach came up to me, and was like, "Hey, we would like you to play left back." And never played defense in my life, so I was confused at first and like I'm not a defender. I play in the midfield. I like to get forward and. And yeah. so that was kind of hard to transition to play left back. But um, I, I did it for the team and then learned to play that position. it it uh, helped me now playing in MLS.
0: Not like making the transition, like technically too, like, just like teaching your body to make that transition. How'd you deal with that?
1: I just talked to the defenders on, on the team that were that played that position and kind of just asked a bunch of questions and kind of the older guys on the team. Like, how do I play this position? I don't know. Like I always want to go forward, but at times yeah. I can. And, kind of just playing or being simple on the ball and stuff. So, yeah, definitely just getting advice from the older players on the team.
0: For sure. It always helps. Let's go into MLS. Can you walk us through, I guess, the different teams that you played for and kind of your path from Tulsa to where you are now?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So when I was at Tulsa, um, I played PDL over the summers with the Austin Aztecs. And so I played with them, I think, after my freshman year until my senior year. So f- for like the three summers that I was there. And then the year I was graduating or supposed to leave college, they were going to USL. And so beforehand, the coach offered me a contract to play USL, which is second division with them. But I kind of wanted to hold off to see if I was going to make it to MLS. Um, And then the MLS, the end of my senior year, came around, and um, I was getting maybe a couple MLS looks, but I wasn't sure yet. And then I ended up fracturing my collarbone in a combine, uh, the Seattle Sounders combine. And so the MLS combine was out of the picture for me so I couldn't go out there and show to MLS teams that I could play at the MLS level and some the Austin coach offered me a contract and then I ended up signing it um, after my senior year in college and so I played in Austin for a year and then got traded not traded. Um, so a weird situation in Austin there was like a big storm for our it, that happened in Austin and, and the stadium kind of like got messed up. And then so the league was like, you guys need to play in a USL-approved stadium for next season or like sit out a year. And so they couldn't figure it out. And, and then so they ended up releasing all of us. Wow. Um, yeah. And so I ended up going to Orlando City B, the USL team there, which was their expansion team that first season. I played with them for about, um, I think, almost half a year or a full year. And then I signed an MLS contract in August of that first year in Orlando, and then was with them for the past three years. And then last year, I got traded to New York City. So I've been here for the past two seasons.
0: That's just a lot, a lot going on, I guess. Broken collarbones, <laughs> <laughs> moving stadiums and things. That's crazy.
1: Man, yeah, that no, it's definitely, it's definitely been a roller coaster of a ride for sure.
0: Yeah, definitely. That's crazy. Um, I wanted to ask, so this is kind of, I feel like it's a weird question, but I want to ask anyway how is playing in all these different climates like you go from you grew up in texas you go to oklahoma and then florida to new york city i'd imagine florida to new york city is probably the craziest
1: yeah for sure like houston is humid hot it was the same in tulsa maybe not as humid um <laughs> but it was still very hot in the summers and orlando was just the same so those three climates weren't any different but moving up to new york last year It was amazing during the summer to be able to play in like 70 degree weather and not really be sweating and i was like i can get used to this and then now i'm back in orlando for the for the tournament so i'm back in the humidity and heat so
0: at least you're used to it right
1: yeah yeah for sure
0: (laughs) that's funny so back to new york city i guess how was the adjustment like to the city itself because like New York is crazy compared to lots of different places in the United States. But I guess just in terms of like the pressure that the city brings and just the hustle and like the go, 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 how did you adjust to that?
1: Yeah, no, New York is definitely a bigger city than Orlando. Um, and I think what helps is just having teammates that that are there already and kind of like guiding me, I guess. And because there's a ton of distractions in New York City, as you can imagine and stuff, but just I guess being responsible and, and putting your professional name behind like what you do and stuff and just being responsible in that way
0: sure yeah there's so many options for every single thing you could imagine in New York so I couldn't imagine trying to be a professional athlete in the city with all the pressure that it brings and just (laughs) having endless possibilities of things you can do on a regular basis this is a more general question I guess but what's like the best part about competing in the MLS like I know there's so much uh, competition with other soccer leagues around the world and stuff. So I guess what are some of the benefits of being in the MLS compared to others?
1: Um, I would say just being born here in the U S and being able to play in the domestic league at the highest level and just seeing how far it's grown from when I was young to now. And just kind of the growth that it's um, had not only here in the U S but international, internationally. internationally.
2: Yeah.
1: And you see it with all the players that are coming in and playing and from different nations and stuff. So um, I take pride in how the league is growing in the U S.
0: Can you tell us about the opposite? Like, what are some of harder parts about competing in MLS?
1: Um, I think it goes the same with all the international players that are coming to play in the MLS. Just mm-hmm. having that competition not only in the U.S., but now internationally with – instead of players going over to Europe and stuff, they're coming to MLS to try to have a career. So having that competition as well.
0: Yeah, I guess there's a lot of competition both ways. But yeah. – um, so, last thing I wanted to touch on, then we'll open it up to everybody else. Um, can you talk about like some of the differences playing in USL compared to MLS, and um, how that like helped you develop as a player?
1: Yeah, I, I think the the biggest thing is just the intensity at uh, training with it, and that goes from like high school to college to college to USL. Like the intensity that players bring in like uh, every day during training, and having that mindset and having the trainings try to be as hard as the games and just being focused hundred percent of the time. And that mentality is, I guess, the difference between USL players and MLS players, because the quality is very similar, very, very similar, but just that little percentage that separates the MLS players from the USL players.
0: Awesome. Let's open it up to everybody else. David, do you want to go first?
1: Um, I was wondering, I'm actually from Houston. So nice. uh, I was wondering if you could talk about kind of the soccer community here. Um, since Houston's very diverse, there are plenty of fans of countless different teams um, and how that kind of helped you, like, develop and become the pro that you are today. Yeah, I mean, um, like you said yourself, Garmin and Houston, there was a lot of competition with uh, soccer players in Houston. And I think just the quality of players that were in Houston kind of helped me develop as a player and play against the top quality. So I think Houston is one of the, I would say, like, top three in quality in terms of in the nation. Yeah, I would say California and New York, are like the other two. So just being able to play in that day in and day out helped me become the player I am today. Thank you.
0: Great. Um, Isabel, do you want to go? Sure. Hi,
3: Tony. Um, So I feel like mental health is a really big topic. And I feel like sometimes it's more often now I feel like being talked about um, in relation to professional athletes. So I actually played um, soccer at NYU and I just graduated. Um, And I feel like these past two years, they really um, amped up, you know, having, you know, open conversations with the team in general and with the coach and um, having a special person come into the team and um, speak to the players when needed. So is there anything that you do personally or that NYCFC does to address these issues when players are struggling? Obviously, you know, with a lot of the transfers, I feel like sometimes that can get to athletes heads or, you know, not starting in some games. Um, and especially right now with this pandemic and just coming back into this whole new tournament. Um, is there anything that you do personally or that NYCFC does surrounding this issue?
1: Um, so I'll start with me personally. I kind of set a time every morning when I wake up of kind of just uh, meditation or prayer in the morning to kind of get my like mind right and, and anything that I'm like dealing with uh, mentally. Cause I think a lot of people don't realize professional athletes, that there's a psychological factor that comes to, playing, whether you're not playing, whether you're sitting on the bench, whether you don't make travel rosters, like all those things to take into account. Um, So for me, I just have that time in the morning to kind of, um, I guess, be grateful for being a professional athlete and having gratitude that comes first. And and that kind of helps me with my mental aspect with the team. I know that MLS has a mental therapy or psychological part of their the league, whatever you want to call it, um, that players can reach out whenever they're struggling and anonymously, and they can just call in and and they can kind of be helped with that way. So I know that league is trying to help players that are dealing or struggling with mental issues.
0: It's good to know. Yeah, Isabel's right. It's so common now that so many people are having issues and things, especially with everybody going online and not having much human contact, I guess, that's making lots of these issues so much worse. But I'm glad that they have these resources for you all.
1: That's yeah. great. And, I'm, and I'm glad more people are speaking out about it because I know there's a lot more people that are struggling with it that are actually talking about it. So it might help yeah. someone else who may think that they're going through it alone or, or something like that. So I'm glad that they're doing that.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: Cool. Alex, you want to go?
2: Glad you and the rest of the team have gotten down to Florida safely and you're all healthy. Um, I'm, a, I'm from the Bronx, so we're sending support from out here. Uh, I showed this to Aggie earlier. right right here
1: oh i remember that picture yeah yeah
2: Yeah, this was from last season um so (laughs) this is great um i wanted to ask um you obviously started playing soccer when you were very young so you were involved in uh youth soccer and then you went on to play in college um can you talk a little bit about that experience and then we're possibly seeing maybe a future transition where players might not go to college and there might be might be some mls academies instead if you have any opinion on that transition and just your overall experience.
1: Yeah. So I'll uh, just talk about my like youth experience and how that mm-hmm. was. Yeah. Um, well, so when I first started playing Academy, it was called back then, that was when they, the um, league that I guess kind of just folded. And then the MLS Academy league just happened. Um, so I was part of that league but, like when it first started and that was when we traveled a lot and started playing teams from like different um, cities like around Texas and then traveling to like uh, California for like a uh, showcase and stuff. And so that exposure kind of helped me be seen by different universities and stuff. And I think that was a great way for players like me and around the country to be seen by college coaches. And so that was definitely um, helpful. But I think now the way the MLS is and kind of how they're adopting like a European style where they have like MLS academies and um, kind of like that. And I think it's a, like an even better way for players to play with less best players in the city and, and stuff like that and, and kind of develop their skills out that way.
0: Cool. Um, David, you want to go again?
1: Sure. Um, I was wondering if you could kind of take us again a little deeper through that 2015 Aztec season because it was their first in USL, but then um, the Memorial Day floods kind of wiped out their home stadium. Did you know at any point that it could have been, like, the last season or that, like, when did you find out that they were going to go on hiatus for the 2016 season, and kind of how did that, like, leave the player base? Yeah, so I actually signed a two-year contract at Austin before, so I thought I was going to be there for two years, Um, and then that massive storm, like you talked about, hit the stadium, and then we didn't know until maybe, like, a week before the season ended, a week or two weeks before the season ended that they weren't going to be a team next season so that was kind of difficult because I was like okay well now what am I going to do the uncertainty of not being on a team Um, but luckily Orlando reached out maybe like a week or two later after that and so I was able to be on another team for the next season but my first season in USL um, back then USL had a lot of older guys on the team uh, on teams like now it's changed and there's a lot of younger kids coming from academies and stuff like that but back then like there was a ton of experience in the locker room being an expansion team the coach wanted there to be a lot of experience um so just having a lot of older guys in the locker room and kind of just asking them questions and stuff like that so um just being kind of curious about how the league was and stuff like that and just being coachable is, is kind of how like the first season went for me
2: great um alex
0: you want to go
2: so i'm actually interning with uh nycfc's youth affiliate um downtown united soccer club and i write a weekly blog about. Um, refereeing I've been a referee for many years um this week's article is actually about VAR and I wanted to see if you had any strong opinion about it how you think it's influenced the game
1: yeah so I guess my opinion is because we have a VAR, VAR meeting like every year and they kind of tell us like what um they're trying to do with it and like I guess the stats within everything and I guess me personally are, or what players see is like it's we maybe don't think it's working or stuff like that but whenever we do have those meetings they show like how many decisions they made on the spot and then they went to VAR and they ended up changing it or getting it correct or stuff like that. So um, definitely seeing it from that perspective, it's definitely working. Um, But maybe from us seeing it on the field, like we don't think it is because we think it's maybe slowing the game down or something like that. But from all the stats that that the refs show us at the beginning of the year, like it's something that is helping the league in a positive direction.
0: People are very opinionated about that. (laughs) but. I don't know. I think in the end they keep it around so it must help a little bit, right? Like if it was hurting the league they would probably get rid of it. I would like to think. But Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um Isabel, want to jump in?
3: Sure. So,
0: I'm actually stalking your
3: um Wikipedia page right now. Um and I saw that you're on you're on the Belize um national team, so could you maybe yes. touch on um like your experience on the team um maybe your, you know, interactions with the players because national teams obviously don't get together too often. So um, do you feel that there's a connection between the players um, and just your overall experience so far with them?
1: Yeah, so I got got invited to the national team for the first time last year. Um, So I kind of just did a little research on the team because I didn't know uh, some of the players on the team. And I realized that there was one player that was in the MLS. So I just reached out to him and kind of talked to him before I went down. And he was like, super grateful. There's another player in the MLS that Um, was on the Belize national team so I went down there and he was kind of the only one that I knew and so he introduced me to the guys and everything and um, it just seemed like a family right away like we don't spend that much time together because we just go down for camps but just the culture that they have down there was very welcoming and um, and the experience was great being able to play against other nations and and to be able to represent a a country is something that I guess a lot of people strive for.
0: That's great can you touch on like I guess what makes NYCFC like, an attractive team for players and stuff? That's kind of what we're touching on with Belize. So I'm wondering from an NYCFC standpoint, what's that look like?
1: Um, I think just because of the winning mentality here. I know when I was in Orlando and um, NYCFC was always a team that was really good and I always wanted to beat them because they were always really good and they're always at the top of the table. Um, and so like being a part of that team last season – Um, just being in, as you see, like we won the Eastern Conference last season. And and so I guess just that mentality that a lot of the players have walking into the locker room and on the field and off the field is something that uh, was attractive when I was there last season.
0: For sure. I think in my CFC as a whole, they have really good values. Like the, the whole team, not just like the players, but the staff and admin coaches and things. It's amazing to watch. I know like their community engagement is huge. Like that's a very important value um, at CFC. But I think it's great. very well-rounded, I guess, is what I mean to say.
1: Yeah, and I, I think it starts from the top. So you can see it. it trick goes down to the players. And it means that the front office, are, they're doing the right things and they have the right mission values and statements like you just said.
2: For sure, for sure. Alex, you want to go? Who's your like favorite player to uh, be with on the field, on the team? Like, Who do you think you connect well with?
1: Um, I would say a couple. I'd probably say Seb, Sebastian Biaga, um, and Keaton Parks. I think we all, we all like to joke around off the field, and, <laughs> and so I like hanging out with them uh, whenever we're on away trips and stuff. Isabel,
0: you want to go? Um, who would you say is
3: a team to look out for this season? I know a lot of the teams played one, maybe two games before everything got shut down. Who would you say, you know, if it's a new team, or maybe NYCFC's maybe biggest competition this season?
1: Um, I would say Toronto FC, just because we lost to them last year in the playoffs. Um, definitely want that revenge this this season. So if we're able to play them again in the playoffs, like that's definitely a team that I would want to beat. And they're a really good team, so being able to beat them um, would be great revenge.
0: Um, let's do some fun questions and then we'll wrap up. These are just kind of get to get to know you a little better, Tony. What's your favorite food?
1: I would probably say sushi before i went vegan so i've been vegan for about six seven months so i think my favorite vegan food um i don't know i had really good nachos at a vegan place before i left so we'll go with that we'll go with vegan nachos
0: (laughs) that's funny (laughs) um okay on that note what is your go-to post-match meal
1: it would probably be like um rice rice with vegetables try to replenish the carbohydrates that i just depleted
0: for sure, for sure. Yeah. Okay, let's go to music. Do you have a hype song that you listen to before your games?
1: Um, not one, in sp- like specifically, but I have a couple of old songs that I listen to um, that hype me up, and then just any new song that I really like that I listen to a lot that would hype me up.
0: That's
3: funny. out to playlist. Do
1: I listen to country music? So I never listened to country music growing up. Like, I hated it, and then I went to Tulsa, and then I started listening to country music a lot, and so – yeah i like country music now i listen
0: Me to it do. you know growing yeah. up in alabama i never listened to country music and then i moved to new york city for college
1: and That's i listen to country
0: music all the time
1: <laughs> yeah my friends in new york city a lot of them don't like country music
0: yeah <laughs> do you have like um a favorite quote or like a motto or something somebody told you when you were a kid and it like stuck with you i think i said this on the last show actually because we were talking about uh like things that will stick with you as a like I don't know, just like values and things like that. Yeah, Mine is do what you love and love what you do. Um, I don't know why. I just think it's because like, if you're not doing what you love, then why would you do it? You know, but I don't yeah. know. My thing.
1: Yeah. So it is, uh, we are what we repeatedly do. Excellence then is not an act, but a habit.
0: Oh, that's good. I like it. Yeah. But I think that applies a lot to you in the sports industry.
1: Yeah. How you do one thing is how you do all things.
0: Definitely. Um. Okay. So just to wrap up, are you excited about the restart?
1: I know yeah, it's been a it's while. It's been a long time without games, and so just being able to go to individual training—I remember like a month ago was super exciting. So being able to play games, um, yeah, I'm super excited for the tournament.
0: That's awesome, cool. So when do y'all y'all play next?
1: We play Thursday in two Thursday. days. Oh, yeah. that's crazy! So
0: soon, so soon. Well, I we'll definitely be watching. So excited for you! But um, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us.
1: Yeah, no problem. Thanks again for having me on.
2: Stay
0: tuned for more episodes on Adventures with Aggie coming next week.